Okay, everyone, welcome in. Natty Talk, episode number four, October 15th, 2021. Mitch McCartney here with my buddy across the lake in Chicago, Cade Lewitsky. Hello. I was saying, you're not going to say anything? You're just like, yeah, I'm Cade. I, was, I thought you were going to keep going, so I was like, you know, I'll just wait it out. Uh, hello, how are you doing, Mitch? I'm doing good. How about yourself? It's Friday. Can't Have be happier. Good doctor's appointment this morning. Nice, nice little yeah. skillet. I'm all, I'm all uh, ready to go. You know, the juices are flowing. We got football tomorrow. We got football on Sunday. We got football on Monday. So I'm feeling good. Solid 10.30 a.m. there in Chicago. Cade's already been examined from head to toe. Buddy is feeling good. Uh, let's go ahead, get into last week's picks. Kate, tell us how you did last week. Didn't do too hot. Uh, on the games we talked about, picking the winners, I went four and three against spread three and four with my lock losing the Michigan under. Um, if you're like me, I like betting first half under, so I took the first half under uh, and made a lot of money off of that. But I also had the full game under, and Michigan just forgot to play defense and Nebraska, per se, so – I mean, that was like 40 points combined, so that was a tough loss. But two and one of my extra picks, uh, back-to-back winning weeks on those. Uh, I mean, we'll get into like the Texas and, uh, you know, Iowa game and stuff like that, but, you know, not a great week to say. Yeah, same here for me. Three and four against the spread. Three and four in my game picks. Uh, really, really got screwed over by Bama and uh, Texas. Texas is yeah. right there. I know producer Rod is very, very upset about the uh, Texas situation. Yeah. And then uh, – We're going to blame Texas on Rod. Texas is 100% on Rod. Yeah. Yeah, Rod. At this point, we just got to. Texas lost. Not a good – I mean, it, no, it was a good call. We were right basically the whole time, and then uh, we weren't. <laughs> kind of like the Bucks last night. Yeah, you're on the right side the whole game, and then you somehow lose the spread. It was just unfortunate. I mean – they ran the same play twice to score back-to-back touchdowns. Oklahoma did, and Texas didn't stop it either time. The guy went untouched both times. So that just, I don't know. It's just, it's college football. You never know what to expect. Is Caleb Williams, like, is, is Spencer Rattler uh, in the grave now there in Norman? I, I, don't, I don't know how you go back to him. I really don't. I can't. I wouldn't go back to him. You're going to lose trust in your, uh, like, if you're Lincoln Riley, who's a good coach, you're going to lose trust in your players by going back to Spencer Rattler especially the way he was acting after the game, you know, uh, probably wasn't celebrating. He was all pissed off. Probably be in the transfer portal by uh, Sunday if he doesn't start this week. So I think if you're Oklahoma, you just got to roll with the top dog right now. Yeah, yeah, he's for sure transfer portal immediately if he's not starting. Yeah, see ya. Yeah, um, that, one, that one stung, man, because I can't stand – I don't know, I just never really liked Oklahoma for some reason, and especially the way they've been playing this year. I was so ready for Texas to just come for that ass. And they were there, but the ass ran away. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't love either team, but I love the game. And it was like a great game. Like, we started off with a screen pass to the house, so many long touchdowns. Then you just could feel it in the second half. You're like, oh, brother, what's happening? Yeah, I know. I was, I was watching that game with some people. I was telling them, like, I honest to God, I think that might have been the single most entertaining college football game that I've ever watched. Yeah, it was a fun one, 100%. It's definitely – the Red River Showdown now is for sure up there uh, in my favorite rivalries. So, mm-hmm. I guess – I mean, that was already our first part of our recap. So, uh, let's get to Iowa beating Penn State last Saturday in Kinnick. 
that was a hell of a game, man. You did, you called it. It wasn't 0 0 going into the second half, but it was absolutely a classic grind them out Big Ten football game. It was, it was the punt, punt, turnover on downs, fumble, interception, punt, field goal. Uh, but I mean, that was the game where we were on the wrong side and we won. So we kind of had to switch on that one. Because if Clifford doesn't leave that game, I think Penn State rolls them by at least two touchdowns. Just the way that game was going, you could tell. Uh, Iowa, the defense uh, looked pretty solid. Like, I mean, they turned the ball over so many times uh, on offense and got so many turnovers on defense. The offense just really couldn't do much with it. But, you know, solid win, nonetheless. Uh, only really top game Iowa has left I can remember is going to Wisconsin. They can't really settle down for that one. Wisconsin's not great, but they don't bring their A game. You know, Wisconsin can win some big games. So it was a good, a good game, though. You know, I love the Big Ten games ever like that, you know, the close ones. But, you know, you can feel the heat. Yeah, I agree. I had uh, Penn State win in that game against Iowa, and they. I agree with you. I think they totally would have had Clifford not gotten hurt. Do we have a timeline for Clifford coming back? I'm not exactly sure. I don't even know. I don't even know if Penn State plays this week. They might have a bye week, so they might be able to play next week. I don't even see anything. Like I just looked it up here real quick. I didn't even know what the injury was. Really, I, I not, mean, I know they said it was a lower back injury, but I don't see any specifications on what he did. Which and that <clears throat> that backup was oh, holy. I mean, oh you yeah. You think you'd have a decent backup, but like. I don't know what was – I mean, it was just a turnover fest at that point. Wrong decisions, never – it was it was almost automatically from first and 10 to second and 15, never to second and five. It was always getting negative yards. So, hard to win a football game doing that. It was ugly. I don't know how much of it I'm going to hold against him because he was playing the best defense in the country as of right now. And uh, at Iowa, at not, well, at that point in the game, I know the game started at 3.30. At that point in the game, it was nighttime. Um, that's a really, really tough environment to play in. So I'm not going to hold that much against them. But, yeah, uh, had Clifford stayed healthy, we'd have for sure hit on uh, Penn State over Iowa. Uh, number one, Alabama did something that they almost never do, just completely dropped the ball against A&M. Um, wow, we, we're just getting screwed over this week, man. Just really unexpected stuff uh, to happen. How do you feel about the uh, Crimson Tide headed into week six now? How do you feel about Bryce uh, – I almost said Bryce Hall. Bryce Young. Yeah, it's one of those you just got to eat. Like, you, nobody really predicts it, unless you're like an a fan, but that's just bias anyways. Um, I don't know. Bryce Young, you know, he's still got high Heisman odds. Uh, I still like him. I mean, he's still young. I thought the defense played very poorly for Alabama standard. You know, didn't really seem like uh, coverage downfield wasn't – uh, up to Bama level, and, you know, weren't getting a ton of pressure on the QB. Uh, offense, I mean, they had some receivers play well. It was just a weird game, you know. Um, I, like, I took I took A&M to cover, but I thought it was going to be like a backdoor, barely covered by two touchdowns. And they were rolling the whole game. Like, they, I don't even know. They, I don't even know if they were losing at any point in this game. I really can't remember. So, uh, you know, it happens. Uh, I, I got a stat later in the show for uh, Bama off a win, so I'll save that for later. You know what was great? Or bam off a loss, my bad. You know what was great, too, is you heard, uh, you heard Jimbo Fisher say over the summer that he was going to beat Nick Saban. And then when Saban was asked about it in a press conference after that Jimbo had said that, he was like, in golf? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, he was the first he, one, the first assistant to beat him? Yeah, first one. I like think 
24 and one or something. Yeah. I think Saban is now like 24 and one against his former assistants. Hey, listen, I didn't think Jimbo Fisher would have been the guy to do it. Honestly. No, I mean, he just like, like they, like they keep saying, he just extended his 10 year contract to a 20 year contract by beating the Saban. He's going to get, he's going to get 15 million for 20 years. Just simply off that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then, uh, our last game to recap here, Michigan edges Nebraska. Um, pretty sure that I lost a solid like seven years of life just from the stress of watching that game. But uh, hey, the maize and blue, they prevailed. They came out with the win. That's two really, really hard road games and really, really hostile environments that they came away with a win. And I can't say that Michigan teams in the past were going to do that. So, hey, it's a win in my book. I agree with you. I don't think Michigan teams uh, two or three years ago win that ball game. And I know, like, you could say, like, oh, the fumble gave it away. But, I mean, the offense did what they needed to do. And it's nice, you know, for the Big Ten to, you know, be up to that SEC level of football. Nebraska has to be relevant. They have to win eight games to nine games a year uh, to make everything better, especially uh, making the uh, West uh, Big, Big Ten West more competitive, too, which is Iowa and Wisconsin kind of doing their thing. So I, I, Michigan won, you know, defense looked weird, but I think they'll be fine. I mean, they get Northwestern next, so that'll be a breeze. And then hopefully both undefeated, undefeated teams in East Lansing uh, of the 30th. Yeah, we got a little little trap game for your Spartans uh, this Saturday, huh? Going yeah, down. it's a trap. But I guess last week was a trap too, so who knows? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. All right, we're going to get into a little bit of a new segment we got for you guys. Um, about halfway, getting to the halfway point of the college football season here. Heisman race is starting to ramp up. So every week, we're just going to go ahead and give you our Heisman hopefuls. Cade, start out with your, your homer pick. Who, who's, your, uh, who's the Heisman favorite for Mr. Lewitsky this week? Yeah, for me, I don't really think it's a question right now. I think it's Kenneth Walker. Uh, most rushing yards in the NCAA by over 100 yards, seven, seven yards of carry, which is insane. And he's got nine touchdowns in the season. I mean, just like the – Energy that he brings in that backfield that we didn't have for the last two years is incredible. Um, you know, that run against Rutgers, 94 yards. I mean, you don't see that every day. So I just think, like, he, and the best part is he hasn't even played the best teams yet. So, I mean, people could say, oh, he's going to get shut down. But you got Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State left. Uh, even Indiana, like, they have a decent defense. So we could put on a show against them. Who knows what's going to happen. But, you know, I don't really – all the quarterbacks that kind of uh, – haven't lived up to the hype this year that were high Heisman favorites. So I feel like given the guy that, you know, kind of just came out of nowhere, I feel like, you know, he would be my pick right now to win it. Who's your sleeper? So that's the issue. I don't really have, like, if you look like, like the odds online, I don't really have like a sleeper. That's like a sleeper sleeper, you know, like that guy in fantasy football that you draft in the 12th round. So I'm going to go Homer again. Uh, Peyton Thorne's top 25 in yards okay. and top 15 in touchdowns and QBR. Um, so I don't like any outsiders besides him. Like I, you could say Texas is running back. You could say Desmond Ritter, but like they don't have good stats. Well, Texas is running back does too. Oh, are you leaving? You don't agree with that? You didn't hear what I said, did you? All I need to know is that Kay Lewitsky is a homer. You didn't agree with that? I mean, I, I gave my stats, but you walked away, so you didn't hear them. All right, uh, no, I heard your stats. I heard you. These headphones are pretty fucking loud. So I, I, I was just, I was just saying, like, I went through the list. There's like, I guess you could consider a sleeper like above like two thousand odds, uh, if you're going off of like that. 
and nobody really, like I said, Desmond Ritter has not great stats. Even he plays nobody. Um, the other running backs in the NCAA don't compare to Kenneth Walker, so I don't really want to put them in. And Matt Corral's not a sleeper, so it kind of just led me to this. Peyton Thorne has yet to play his best ball too against like the three top teams, like I'm saying. So if Kenneth Walker gets shuts down and Peyton Thorne puts on a show and Michigan State somehow wins the Big Ten championship and makes it to the playoff magically, I mean his stats would have one of those two stats. One of those two guys would have to have great stats for that to happen. So I'm not I'm, like I said, I'm not trying to be a homer, but I don't want like. Like, I'd like to hear your sleeper because I don't know if I would consider it a sleeper in my book. I All right. So we'll get well, to yeah, – I'd let you go with your favorite first, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. So my favorite is Bryce Young. And last week, you know, we did our – our give me five was our top five Heisman winners since the year 2000. And I was going on and on about how the Heisman has become basically a quarterback exclusive award. And I still believe that. Now, I know, like you said, this year there's not really any quarterbacks that are just – really standing out as, you know, like at this time in 2019 when Joe Burrow was playing for the Tigers, like pretty much everyone knew like Burrow's winning the Heisman. There's not really any quarterbacks like that this year. We do have Bryce Young. We have Matt Corral, as you said, both not sleepers, both very, very good quarterbacks, but not blowing our doors off, not screaming Heisman favorite, you know. But with the Heisman Trophy, like I said, being basically a quarterback exclusive award, I do have Bryce Young as my Heisman favorite. And my sleeper, who is your favorite, (laughs) is Kenneth Walker for that reason that I think it is so difficult for running backs to win this award. I mean, I know last year we saw Devontae Smith, a wide receiver, win it for the first time since Desmond Howard did. But... I just, I just really don't see it happening this year with, uh, with Kenneth Walker, even though he does, you know, to be completely honest with you, he has the stats to be a Heisman winner. I just not Mm -hmm. sure that the committee or the people that vote, not the committee, the people that vote for the Heisman are watching enough Michigan state football to get that vote. They're watching a lot of Alabama and a lot more quarterbacks. I see where you're coming from and it makes sense because uh, Michigan State really, I mean, besides that game against Miami, they haven't really had, like, primetime football games. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't expect, like, them to watch. I mean, I expect them to watch big-time football, but, like, not, like, Michigan State Rutgers, those kind of games. However, when you look at it and, like I was saying, like, about odds, like, when you kind of go, like, off of sleepers and favorites, Kenneth Walker is the third best odds to win the Heisman. So that's the only reason I have him as my favorite is because, you know, Matt Corral may be the favorite right now, but he still has top three odds. And also, I think – if Matt Corral, like, if he keeps losing games, I don't know how you can make him the Heisman just based off the fact that, like, I know his defense stinks, but, like, it's kind of like you got to be able to still pull out victories. I know he did last week against Arkansas. He put up 55 points or whatever. But, you know, uh, same with Bryce Young. Like, if he loses again and Kenneth Walker – like, that's the thing with Kenneth Walker. Like, they really can only lose one game for him to even have a chance at winning it. And – even if he goes nuts, like, I mean, I mean, there's stats, like, I mean, Derrick Henry last year winning, like, uh, most valuable player for, I guess it kind of goes, I guess it kind of uh, going off task here, but Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards last year, didn't win MVP in the NFL. So that's kind of like this right here with Kenneth Walker. He could, he's going to have probably at the end of the season, if he continues more, 200 yards more than the next leading rusher. And, you know, probably, he'll probably get an invite, but, you know, maybe third place who knows so that's the only reason I have him as my favorite so just you know you can say it's a homer pick I'm not really a I am a homer at some point but I just don't like anyone like there's not the Heisman guy there's nobody that like 
like blows me out of the water. And he's the only reason he does is because I watch the team. I'm a fan of the team and he came out of nowhere. No, he does. He's a very, very impressive running back. And I've said this before. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell Wake Forest didn't see in him for him to, for them to let him walk like that. But they sure as hell look like they made a huge mistake. Uh, let me get your opinion on this real quick before we get into this week's uh, top tens for me and Cade. Uh, Ed Orgeron, not, not, <laughs> it's getting hot down there in Baton Rouge. Do you think mm-hmm. that there's any chance with after this season? You know, because Mel Tucker has done such a good job with State this year, done so much better than anybody thought he was going to do. And, and just his second year, and what really feels like his first, because last year was so messed up because of COVID and everything. Do you think that there's any chance that LSU is going to just throw him an absolute bag in the offseason? I don't know. That's that's an interesting one. I never, like, that's not something that comes across my mind. Um, there's always a chance. I mean, it's college football, like you said. Mel was going back to, or Mel was going back to Colorado and then Michigan State threw him a bag and he was like, Yeah, I'm going to Michigan State now. So there's always a chance. But I think he wants to see like he he still needs to get his recruits in there and he still needs to see what he can do to his full extent. So I don't think he would leave until that happens. Until, you know, I got my guys. You know how they always said, wait till Harbaugh gets his guys, wait till Harbaugh gets his guys. Obviously, you know, that didn't work out, but uh now we're here, like Mel, he's still got his guys coming next year and a year after that. So I feel like he's going to be here for majority of his contract. I think LSU would go so, with someone that's already, uh, you know, already coached like maybe in the SEC or around the SEC, something like that. But I do think Orgeron's gone unless they magically turn it around and like make a bowl game at eight or I don't even know what the record is. They're so bad, but it's a good thought. I don't like, they could definitely toss him a bag. I feel like they'd go after like Luke Fickle or someone first though. Someone from like Cincy, uh, someone from a non-power five or at least a power five, like a Pac-12 school, but I can't think of anyone that's really that good. So, yeah. that's, that's fair enough. Just wanted to get your opinion on it before we get into our top tens. All right, that is so, an interesting one. I like that question, though. Thank you very much. All right, so let's get into our top tens. Kate, do you want to lead that one off with your 10th overall team? <clears throat> uh, sure. I didn't have anyone I liked at 10, so I'm just going to toss Kentucky in there to make this Georgia-Kentucky game better for this week. I mean, Kentucky's defense is really solid, but I don't know if they can do anything against Georgia's offense, so it'll be my 10. Yeah, 10, I got Oregon. I'm a little higher on Oregon than most people are, but I still think that they're clearly the dominant team in the Pac-12. I think they have the easiest path to the playoff. You know, with Ohio State seeming to pick up their season a lot better now I think that win is going to continue to look better and better for Oregon and as as it goes on so I got the Ducks at 10. Uh, Nine and going Oklahoma State Um, you'd say it's a homer pick but they're undefeated again you know Oklahoma State's my other team that I've rooted for for many years just I don't know why it was just a random team I decided to root for. Uh, Defense is solid like I've, I've, I've said this in every episode we've done their defense lets up under 20 points per game and this will be a test this week, but I still think their role um, – QB is not great, but the running back's pretty solid, uh, Warren. So, I think they keep rolling. They'll be nine for me. My number nine, give me my Michigan Wolverines. I don't have to go too much into this. Like I said, two big wins at Wisconsin, at Nebraska. Got to buy this week. And then the next week, you know, I mean, we should be able to sleep, sleepwalk through Northwestern, as most people in the Big Ten do. So, uh, I got the Wolverines at nine. Yeah, eight, I'm going Michigan. Not, 
I'm not sold on them. I don't think I'm sold on state either. Like there's teams that still have, have to play more games against, you know, competitive teams, but the defense does enough for me. I think the Nebraska thing was just a little uncharacteristic of them. I uh, still, for my sake, my Spartan's sake, I still hope Cade's the quarterback because you know JJ so much better than him. You can just tell by the way when he comes in there, the way he takes over the game. Uh, so I hope Cade stays in there until after. I think Cade will stay in there until they get a loss, honestly, like at least for majority of the game or he gets hurt. So I think I think until they put JJ in, they won't reach their full potential. But they're at eight for me. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, number eight, give me the Penn State Nittany Lions. I was very, very impressed with how they played up until Sean Clifford going down there uh, against Iowa last weekend. Uh, are they a top 10 team without Sean Clifford at quarterback? I'm going to go ahead and say probably not. But I think for this week's ranking, how well I think that they played at Iowa with Iowa being the, the best that they've been in a very, very, very long time. I do think that Penn State overall, at least this week, still deserves to be in the top 10. So I have them at number eight. Seven, I'm going Spartans, Michigan State. Still need to win a big game. I mean, you could say Miami was a big one. I don't really think it was. Uh, but they got three on the schedule. I know Michigan does too. So uh, we'll see uh, what's going to happen with that. But, you know, at Indiana, nobody really wants to go to Indiana. I mean, they battle with Cincy, and Cincy's a good team too. So I think this will be another test. But hopefully, you know, 7-0 after this week, get a bye week into Michigan. I'm keeping it on a 7. You guys are so lucky you got a bye week going into Michigan. Uh, that's I actually I actually prefer not to have the bye week. Like, in hindsight, I think your guys' situation is a little better. Just I don't I don't know. The extra week of rest before a game, you kind of lose the in-game feel. But I guess people have both their opinions on that. Yeah, true. Uh, 7, I also have Michigan State. Basically all the same reasons that you mentioned. They haven't lost yet. They've got some nice road wins. And, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker, Heisman candidate for sure. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how they do this weekend. That's a could be a potential trap game against Indiana. Like you said, no one wants to go to Bloomington. Uh, it's a team that plays tough, that's fired up. We'll see what happens after this week. But uh, I feel pretty safe about Michigan State at seven and, and being in my top ten next week too. Six going to Ohio State. They got the one loss, but they've been rolling since. I think the offense keeps going. Uh, two weeks they play Penn State. That'll be a fun game. Hopefully Clifford's back for that one. That's what we'll really see, you know, who's legit, who's not. They're six for me. Yeah, same here. Ohio State six started off shaky. Weren't looking like the Ohio State of late. Defense, I still have a lot of questions for them with the offense. I think C.J. Stroud has shown some strides in the past couple weeks uh, along with the rest of their offensive weapons. So I think Ohio State is right back to where – we're used to seeing them, and that's a top five. Top, well, I mean, I mean, we have them six right now, but they're a top five program in college football, so they're right around there. Uh, I'll have them at number six this week. I'm going Oklahoma. I still don't believe in them. I don't care how many games they win. I still don't think they're good. I think they're better with uh, Williams at QB, but you know, I don't. They don't have a defense still, and they're not going to have a defense. They're lucky they play in the Big Twelve where nobody else has a defense, but uh, they play. TCU this week so it's not really a big test but you know we'll see who goes with that QB I just you know I have them at top five because they haven't lost and I gotta give them credit because they have some good wins but I think any team in this top 10 that I have right now would probably be Oklahoma so I guess well kind of contradicting but I still think that most of these teams are better than Oklahoma I just gotta give them credit 
Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I was really, really, as we've already established this podcast, really upset that they ended up pulling out the win last week in the Red River Showdown because as we talked last week, we were ready to have them in like the high teens should they have lost that game. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. Unfortunately, they they won. And uh, we gotta have, we're going to have to respect it because they still have an absolutely insanely talented roster and they're undefeated in the Big 12. So, unfortunately, Oklahoma at five. But uh, I don't think they're going to survive too much longer. Like I said, you don't get away with playing playing football like that all 12 weeks of the season. They're going to have a slip-up. And, and it could come this week. So, we'll see what happens there. Give me your four. Uh, four is Bama. Not much to say. They took an L, but Bama's won multiple national championships after losing a game this season. So I'm not going to stress it. I, I, all right, listen, I, I feel bad for it, but I got Cincy at four. Um, Don't feel bad for that. They still haven't beat anyone that's really, truly good. I feel, Notre Dame's not good. I don't believe it. Yeah, Notre Dame is – I mean, it, that's a great win for Cincinnati. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Probably one of the biggest wins in program history for them. Yeah, like you said, Notre Dame is – I would say they're a good football team, but they're having a down year for what you normally expect Notre Dame to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, give me the Bearcats at four. Like you said, Desmond Ritter, he, he's good, but he doesn't have the – he doesn't have the crazy stats and he doesn't play the teams to get enough Heisman attention. Uh, give me the Bearcats at four. Yeah, three I have Cincy, and you're right. Like I said, like he doesn't have the stats, but does he really need the stats? I mean, you just got to win a football game. I mean, plays UCF. I mean, he'll probably play, what, SMU in championship. Like, he'll have games that he's going to be able to win, and he doesn't have to do it all himself. You know, he's got a good run game. He's got a great defense behind him. So, I think they keep rolling. I mean, I don't – we'll talk about this when we do our mock bowl game section, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen with this playoff this year. That's fair enough. Uh, number three, give me the Alabama Crimson Tide. A lot of people had them drop a little bit farther than uh, – top five I still think that's just absolutely ridiculous to do because I don't think that there's a single way that you could see this team not being a top five team in football even with their bad loss which I will admit it was a bad loss against A&M this past weekend and and Jimbo Fisher but I still think that they're one of the five best teams in college football actually I mean scratch I think they're one of the two best teams in college football I still think it's between them and Georgia so give me the Crimson Tide at number three yeah, the more you look at this list, you put Iowa at two, you're like, damn, like, are they really the second best team in the country? Like, that offense is not number two in the country. But good credit where credit is due. They win, they've won some big games. They beat Iowa State, beat Penn State. Uh, Indiana doesn't really count. But I'm keeping them at two. Defense is hot. Um, we'll see what happens. But for now, they're going to probably stay at two for a majority of the season until probably the Big Ten Championship because I don't really know if they're going to lose until then. Yeah, that's one thing about the Big Ten West is whoever starts out well, like by this mm-hmm. time of the season, you can just check them off or making it to Indy and playing for the Big Ten title because that's what happens just about every year. So, yeah, with that oh, being yeah. said, give me the Hawkeyes at number two. Uh, I agree with Kate in this. I hate their offense. I do not think that they are truly the number two best team in college football. But, you know, they got lucky last week with Sean Clifford going down. They haven't screwed up yet. Their defense is, and I'll be the first to admit it, absolutely insane, terrifying. I would not mm-hmm. want to line up with that defense. We'll see how they do the rest of the season. And like you said, they're going to stay high up there just because they are in the Big Ten West. Man, dude, the Big Ten is just one of the most uneven conferences. They got to they gotta do something about that. They have to change it. 
the east is like it's not even like bad. it's not even like absurd like like geographically i don't think it's even that absurd to switch some things around but you got to get michigan michigan state ohio state and penn state out of the same division or same you know east or west conference whatever and it's just iowa wisconsin really um Nebraska's not good right now. Minnesota's not good. So, like, you got to move one of those teams over, flip-flop, you know, do something to change it up. And it sucks, too, because it seems like just when you feel like one of those Big Ten West teams is about to, like, really make some moves. Like, it was Minnesota, you know. We saw Minnesota doing really well a couple years ago with P.J. Fleck, and then mm-hmm. they just come out and shit the bed these past two years, and you're like – It was like oh. Indiana, too, yeah. Yeah, Indiana, too. They had a really, really nice year with uh, Michael Penix at quarterback. Was that last year? That was last year, yeah. Yeah, last that year. That was last year. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, give me your number one. Georgia. Defense, I mean, still unbelievable. I, I mean, offense, like Stetson Bennett is still playing good QB. I still think JT Daniels will be the guy, like, when the big games come and hopefully when he's healthy. But, I mean, you're not taking Georgia out of one until they lose, so. Yeah, same here. Not much to say. Insane defense. What did they just give up their first touchdown of the year last weekend against Auburn? Yeah, I was watching the game too, and I don't even know if I like saw a touchdown happen. I just like I Auburn it. scored. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. And yeah. I thought Auburn was going to cover because I took them, and then they just completely collapsed. So that's what you get for fading Georgia. But whatever. It was rough week last week against the spread, but yeah, not much yeah. to say. Georgia with the Alabama loss, clearly the number one team in college football right now so i got them number one kate who's on the bubble this week Ooh, that's a good question i do have penn state on the bubble uh i was debating putting them at 10 but you know maybe they lose another one if clifford doesn't play qb who knows and then my other one is coastal carolina i don't know why i just like making people mad like people are gonna be mad that yeah people are gonna be mad like people just got triggered that i said that uh but i don't know they like they're sweet like they win football games i don't really like anyone else like i don't trust like i'm taking Coastal's defense over Ole Miss's defense, like things like that. Like I don't believe in some of these teams' defenses against like good teams, like Notre Dame. Like I mean, they're not a good team. It was just a lot of like eleven through nineteen, like on ESPN or like the AP poll. I was just like, oh, I don't like any of these besides Penn State. And I was like, you know what? I'll toss in Coastal. Makes people mad. Hey, they had a very good name though. The Chanticleers. What is a Chanticleer? Oh, yeah. You know what that is? I, I think it's I think it's like a bird, like a big bird, maybe. I'm not really sure. I am gonna find out right now. I'm gonna find what is a Chanticleer. Who you got on your bubble? Uh my bubble, I have oh, it's a rooster. Yeah, no, I was close enough. A name given to a rooster, especially in fairy tales. <laughs> I swear to God, that's so what sweet. It, it is. I mean, nobody really, yeah, nobody really knew about them until they won the college baseball uh, World Series like five years ago, I think. And that was kind of when like the Chanticleer name was like, oh, okay. Then they became relevant at football too. So it, it was like, yeah. it definitely has a ring to it. Uh, my bubble, yeah. uh, I got the Kentucky Wildcats really, really close uh, to putting them at number 10 instead of Oregon this week. I think they still have a little bit more to prove, but hey. Good for Kentucky. Normally, they are just a completely one-sided school uh, with basketball and just no football. But they've clearly shown the ability these past couple seasons that they actually do have a pretty solid football program now. So, hey, good for them. And then uh, besides Kentucky, I got Oklahoma State on the bubble this week. Okay, sweet. I actually have – I'm going to ask you three questions right now, and I'll kind of bounce them off too, just about like the oddness of the college football playoff 
and like kind of like rankings and such. So that first one, I guess I'll start with this one. It's not really extreme. If Kentucky like keeps it like within 10 with Georgia, do you like put them in the top 10? Oh, hell yeah, I do. I think like so. You, like, like if it's like a de- decent game, like they can even move up even after a loss. Yeah, that, that game's at Georgia, right? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I put yeah. It I'm actually okay with that. Because I think, like, especially when you look at the top tens this week, I think someone loses in that top ten. I don't know who it's going to be. Uh, I hope it's Oklahoma for, you know, the sake of that. But that was the one question I had, a little weird. But the other two were I've seen online recently. A one-loss Big Ten or SEC team against Cincy undefeated, who gets into the playoff? Uh-huh. So we have a one-loss Big Ten team against an undefeated Cincinnati who gets in? Yeah, or like a one-loss uh, SEC team. Ooh, that's a tough That's the thing with the playoff. <laughs> like, you don't know. Yeah, that's why it needs to be eight teams instead of four. Yeah. Because Cincinnati so – this is, Yeah, this is my theory on it. So, I, I think Notre Dame would have to win a – like the win out and Indiana would have to have like one upset for Cincy to get in just because like those are their two wins and it's not it's not helping them that they're like not good team like I agree I guess I said Notre Dame wasn't good they're good but like they're not like like you said the Notre Dame like I mean they still play like USC and USC is not good so they're not gonna have like much of a challenge so I would rather see Cincy in instead of like a one loss team unless it's one of our teams but um I don't know. That's just a weird question. But the worst question I've seen online that has people infuriated is one loss, Oregon and Ohio State went out. Who gets into the college football playoff if there's only one spot left? One loss, Oregon and one loss, Ohio State. They both went out. Yeah. Ooh. I think it's Oregon beat Ohio State. Yeah. I think it depends how they went out. Um, I don't know the team's schedules by heart, but I can guarantee you that Ohio State's is going to be harder than Oregon's. Absolutely, without a doubt. Uh, um, Me personally, I think that they'd probably go with Ohio State. I think the Big Ten has the the upper hand on the Pac-12 just as a conference as a whole. And then I, I think Ohio State probably just is more favored by the uh, by the committee than being the powerhouse that they have been over the past couple of years, and uh, they've really. I mean, I mean, I, I was going to say that they've been the only team to compete in the playoff, but they really haven't. Honestly, I mean, every time they go there, they get the shit kicked out of them. But I mean, that's probably what every Big Ten team would do in the playoffs. But no, with that that being said, I do think that uh, Ohio State would probably have the upper hand on that one. Yeah, I think one of them are going to lose another game, so I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, but. Technically, Ohio State is the better loss. It was just to the team that we're arguing for or against, so it's kind of a weird question. Those are just a couple um, that I kind of like saw on Twitter, so I just wanted to put them out there. Uh, you want to do some uh, mock bowl games? Yes, sir. Mr. Lewitsky has a treat for us today. Get in some mock yeah. bowl games. I, I saw some of these online. Some of them I kind of just put together, but I'll just toss them to you. You can you know tell me what you think and then like who you think would win at this time, and then we kind of go over it, but – so in the Fiesta Bowl, uh, projected Notre Dame versus Michigan right now. I uh, don't really think this is a question, but yeah, yeah, no, Michigan, Michigan's taking that one, and not just because uh, I'm a Michigan fan. I actually do think that they're a much better football team than Notre Dame this year, and uh, I don't know if that would ever happen. But uh, to have that big of a matchup in a bowl game, that would be pretty freaking sweet to have that that heated of a rivalry. And uh, I, I would like to see it just because Michigan doesn't 
we just, I mean, we, we've talked about this before. We just, no one can get Notre Dame to commit to a certain schedule with a team. So it's like, yep. you know, we were playing them and then now they backed out on it. And I don't even know the next time we play Notre Dame. So uh, if this is a, at all a possibility, I would for sure love to see it happen and think that Michigan would come away with a win there. Oh, yeah. I mean, they would know what they're doing with this one. This would be a moneymaker. And these teams kind of match up well, too. I mean, solid defenses, questionable offenses, uh, both can run the ball, though. So, who knows? Um, I mean, I would take Michigan right now. I think they're a better team. I think they would hold uh, – have Notre Dame's offense on edge, but I think Michigan takes it. Uh, next, Citrus Bowl, Michigan State versus Kentucky at the moment is what they have projected right now. Uh, I'll start this one off. I mean, I'm going to Michigan State. Uh, I, I think if Kentucky – like play I mean they're gonna play some more SEC games they start keeping it close with some of these teams even winning couple I know they beat Florida but I mean I would be questionable at that too but we still haven't seen I don't think this is a good game like right now because we haven't seen either team's full potential and we're about to see that with the next you know two or three weeks coming up yeah I'd agree with you Michigan State they just they're you guys offense this year is just very it's high powered I mean that's just one way to put it you got Peyton Thorne who doesn't make mistakes he throws a very very great ball Kenneth Walker, everything that we've said about him throughout the show and this podcast, that speaks for itself. And then, like you said, we will have to see how Kentucky does, especially this week upcoming uh, at Georgia. If they are, if they show to be up uh, competitive, we're going to have to start taking Kentucky more seriously. But as of right now on October 15th, I would like Michigan State in that game. Mm-hmm. So the Rose Bowl projected right now is Penn State versus Oregon. Um, I'll let you handle this one first. It's kind of an interesting one. I think I think I would lean Oregon with this one. Um, Oregon normally plays very, very well in the uh, in the Rose Bowl, and that's kind of their like basically um, if they're not making the playoff, which I wouldn't like them to this year, it's kind of just assumed that they're going to go to the Rose Bowl because they win the Pac-12 just about every year. Um, I, I guess it really does boil down to how healthy Sean Clifford is, which right now we can't tell you he's healthy at all because Penn State's not telling us anything, which is probably not a good thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So I would, I would take Oregon in the Rose Bowl in that one. Yeah, I think this one really depends on injuries because both teams are banged up. Uh, Oregon's got a lot of defensive guys out, running back out. Penn State's got Clifford out. I think just solely based on defense, I guess i go Penn State. But if Clifford's not playing, I'd go Oregon. So I think it kind of just depends. Um, now we got the two semi games. Uh, this would technically be like the two v three uh, Iowa versus Cincy in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, uh, that's quite the matchup right there. Yeah, I actually a matchup I would really like to see because I want to mm-hmm. see just how good Cincinnati is. And in this, they've proved it to us. This is what year three or four now of them being a legit college football team. And we've got some big questions about Iowa. We don't have to question anything on the defensive side of the ball. That can speak for itself. They're elite, um, for sure. Offense has a lot to be desired. Uh, don't have why am I why am I blanking on their quarterback's name? Petrus. Yeah. Petrus. Yeah. Doesn't throw a great ball. Um, I mean, he seems like a great game manager. I mean, you can almost kind of compare him to uh, Cade McNamara at Michigan. I think Cade's a little bit better than Petrus is. But uh, the Iowa offense has a lot yet to be desired and um, not sold on them at all. So I'm going to be bold here. And uh, just because I want to see it happen, honestly, I'm going to say Cincy in that one. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think I think they match up well together, and I think Cincy's offense will, uh, you know, do more damage to Iowa's defense than Iowa's offense will do to Cincy's defense. I think Cincy will somehow come up with a way where if they win the turnover battle, I think they win the game. Uh, so, yeah, I would go with Cincy, too. Uh, the, the other one's Georgia versus Oklahoma. We're both going to pick Georgia, so I'm not going to waste our time on that one. Yeah. Uh, even though the last time they played in the college football playoff, I think Sony Michelle ran in a touchdown in double OT, but that was also with, like, Baker and, you know, Georgia's defense wasn't as good. So, I guess Georgia versus Cincy, they played last year. I don't know if it was – I think it was the Sugar Bowl, maybe, Cotton Bowl. I'm not exactly sure, but they played last year in a New Year's Six game. Uh, Cincy lost by, like, two, three. So it was a close one. I mean, I'd still take Georgia. I think you would too. I don't think we got to talk about that still. I think we need to see more of the other teams and, you know, wait until Georgia makes a mistake. But those are just some mock bowl games. You know, I don't know if you got any other ones in your mind, but, you know, that's just what I came up with. No, oh, yeah. The only thing I want to say about uh, the Georgia-Oklahoma matchup, have you ever seen, I believe it's the second Avengers movie when uh, the Hulk just grabs Loki by the ankle? Oh yeah, him around. That's what it's gonna be. That's yeah. That's what Georgia would do to Oklahoma if they were to play this year. I agree. I agree. It's kind of like when LSU played Oklahoma in the college football playoff, and everyone was like, "Oh, Oklahoma's getting like I think they were like plus seven, seven and a half." And I was like, "They're getting a touchdown, a playoff game." LSU was up like twenty to nothing in the first half. So, no, who knows? All right, just want to see what was popping on that one. All right, we got this week's preview. Uh, we were spoiled last week. Let's just be honest. This week is not as great as last week by any means, but, you know, that means in the future we're going to have some great slates as well. So we're happy for that. Uh, to start off, we got number 12, Oklahoma State, at number 25, Texas. This is a noon game. Uh, Texas uh, minus five right now, over under a 60. Mitch, I'll send it to you. What do you got in this? Hey, listen, Texas was so close last week, and I, I'm going to be real. I feel bad for my Longhorns. So – I'm going to pick them to win this week and to cover. I think they got it this week. It's a tough matchup against Oklahoma State. They are at home, though. I think Sarkeesian is going to have the boys bouncing back. Give me Texas to cover. Yeah, I don't like this spot at all for Oklahoma State. It's a tough one. Texas is pissed off. They already have two losses, so they're like, I mean, we just need to win out now. Uh, we're lying, too, you know. Uh, a lot of people are probably taking Oklahoma State and biting bait. But I have to. I just think their defense is so much better than Texas's defense. And both offenses can, uh, you know, get the ball moving. I'm also going to take the under. So, total, I'm going to go Oklahoma State to win, to cover the plus five. And I'm going to take under 60. I think we see uh, Oklahoma State's defense, if they are for real, they go on the road and they make a stand and play some good ball. I don't know if they'll give up, you know, 70 points per game, but I think they can win, you know, 31-24 ball game. Uh, next, we got UCF at number three, Cincy. This is a noon game. Since he's favored by 21 and a half points, over under 56. You know, if this was any other year, this would be a different type of game. But since he's just that much better, what do you got? Yeah, like you said, since he's uh, pretty damn good this year, they've proven it to us year over year. Spread is pretty big, 21 points. I know they are at home. I like Cincy in this one. I don't think there's going to be many people standing in their path. Give me them to cover. Okay, yeah. I mean, since he's going to win this game, I don't think this is like a Bama, uh, Texas A&M situation. I don't – maybe if it was at UCF, it would be more of a scare. But UCF's not really good this year at all. You know, offense isn't the same. Uh, with that being said, however, I am going to take them to cover plus 21.5. That's just a lot of points. Hopefully you get a backdoor or something, you know, 
compete. And I'll take the over. I still think 56 is low for this type of game. I know since these defense is good, but UCF can still score. So take the over in that one. Uh, our last noon game, Auburn at number 17, Arkansas. Arkansas minus five. Over under is 53 and a half. This is an interesting one. What you got? All right, listen. Arkansas, really, really, really close last week against Ole Miss. They were right, right there. Uh, I really like them this year. I think their defense is pretty solid. Like K.J. Jefferson at the quarterback position, great on his legs. And on the other side of the ball with Auburn, I just don't think that they're elite this year. Bo Nix is not a great quarterback, plays pretty out of control a lot. Um, give me Arkansas to cover that one. Are they going to win? Oh, well, yeah, they're from my spot. Yeah, that's a weird – yeah, this is a weird line too. Like I didn't – like I thought it was Auburn minus five at first. And I was like, wait, and I was like, oh, it's Arkansas. Uh, yeah. I mean, Bo Nix, he's not good. I've said it since he beat me on the Oregon bet first game ever. I don't know. It was like 2018. I remember watching. Yeah, whatever. Had Oregon with house money. Ah, That was terrible. Bo Nix stinks. Bo Nix stinks. Bo Nix stinks. Give me Auburn plus five. He stinks, but I'm still taking the bait. I'll take Auburn plus five. I think they can run the ball. I think their defense can play well with Arkansas. You're going to be five points in an SEC game, and I think the team's uh, uh, comparable, if not better. I'll take him. But that's, you know, I, I just know he's going to do something to piss me off in that game, but I'll just have to eat it. Uh, number 11, Kentucky at number one, Georgia, 330. Georgia minus 22 and a half, over under 44 and a half. Uh, another bet for this game Kentucky's team total is set at nine and a half. Whoa. <laughs> so they have to score 10 points to their team total. So they're expecting Georgia to win. Technically, like, 34 to 10, in essence. But what do you got? Yeah, I mean, sounds about right. Uh, damn, that's a low. Their team total is nine and a half. That's crazy, yeah. That's, that's just how good Georgia's ball. defense is. Yeah, I mean, it, it just goes to show you how good Georgia is this year and how, how good Vegas thinks they are. Uh, 22 and a half, yeah, that, that's a huge spread. Don't have the confidence in Kentucky to say that they're going to come out with a win but like you said, I think nine and a half for a team total is just pathetically low. Uh, give me Kentucky to cover. Georgia's going to take that one, though. This is exactly – gives me the same feeling as the Arkansas-Georgia game when Georgia was laying like 16. And I did the same thing. I said people are going to want to take the underdog. I bit the bullet last week. I thought Auburn was a better team, especially at home. They are going to like at least compete with Georgia, and they did for a little bit, but they didn't end up doing it in full. Uh, but I still think Georgia covers here, minus 22 and a half. I think they roll them. I don't know if Kentucky scores, to be honest. So I'll take them. Uh, two more games. We got number 19, BYU at Baylor, 330. The fact that we're covering this game just shows how great the slate is this week. Uh, Baylor minus six, over under 50 and a half. Uh, give me what you got, because I know neither of us have probably watched a ton of these two teams. Hey, you know, I don't know why, but I just have this feeling that uh, the boys of Brigham, Brigham Young University are walking into a trap. I know Waco loves their football. Baylor's going to be rocking. I'm gonna, probably going to be horribly wrong on this, but give me Baylor to cover and win. No, I'm doing the same thing. BYU is like a little two QB system going, and like one of them's usually hurt, so I don't trust them. I think Baylor's a good football team. They only have like one loss. They've ruled West Virginia. So I'll go with Baylor. I think they win by double digits here. Uh, last game, which is a great game, uh, number 13, Ole Miss at Tennessee. This one's at 730. I don't know what channel it's on, but it's like a primetime game. Uh, Ole Miss minus three, over under 83 and a half. Got to be the highest over under I've ever seen. I thought the Ole Miss uh, 
Alabama game was high. It was like 77. I opened my phone to check the lines. It's 82. I opened it last night. It's 83 and a half. We, this, might, this might touch 85 if we're being honest. But what do you got? This is an interesting one. Hey, man, like you said, Ole Miss's defense is like – it's just not there, honestly. It's, it's pretty bad yeah. this year. Uh, I was shocked that this game was prime time because I was like, what, Tennessee getting a prime time slot for once? They're pretty much forgotten about. This is a tough one. The 82 and a half, that is uh, it's a little enticing. Um, listen, I, I got a lot of faith in Matt, Matt Corral and, and his Ole Miss Rebels. Give me them to cover. You're going to take him? Yeah, I'm going to take him. For wise words of my friend's friend Alex Ristic, go Vols. And I'm not taking the Vols. I'm taking Ole Miss, man. I think Tennessee stinks. I really do. I know they just won two games. They played South Carolina, who was starting their uh, – QB assistant coach at QB to start the season, whatever it is, and tennis in Missouri, who just not they don't belong in the SEC. Wait, they, say that again. Who? Who? What is South it? Carolina to start the season started their grad assistant at QB. Oh my! Because they didn't have a healthy QB, and they won. Like they won their first game, but like they're not good at football. So oh, I'm just like I don't. I think Tennessee like got hyped up because they averaged like 50 points per game in their last two games. I think almost rolls them, and for that reason, I have to, with everything in me, take this under. You should probably take the over, but I'm taking the under. I'll probably more more so take the first half under because you're giving me a, both teams to score under like 42 points in the first half. I'll take it, but this is just a weird one. Uh, I got a couple extra picks. Well, uh, two and, can I say something real up? quick? Is Joe Milton, yeah. is he still quarterback in Tennessee? Um, if he is, if he is, while you find that on Google – Take the over because coming from, or I'm sorry, take the under because coming from a Michigan fan, this man could not throw a ball into the ocean if he was on the beach. He is the most inaccurate quarterback I've ever seen in my life. With that being said, the man could throw a ball through a No, he's not. He's not? Okay, take the over. No, they benched him. (laughs) That's how bad. I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was because I would have, I felt like I would have heard more about it on Twitter. So I was like, I'll check it, but I don't think he is. But I'm still thinking the owner. Horrible. He was horrible. It's going to be, truthfully, I mean, I probably won't touch it, but like for the sake of this show, I'm going to take the under just because I need to be on that under when it hits. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Kate, give us, give us your locks of the week and i hope you guys these are not locks i don't even know if i have a lock yet (laughs) my lock was 0-1 last week but in hindsight it was a moral win because i had the first half under and that's just like nobody predicts that but i do have a lock i'll lock in one of my teams but i'm going buffalo ohio over 56 it's one of those mac games that just you just keep live betting the over and it keeps hitting uh i think this is one of those games i don't think ohio is as good as they used to be but i still think they put up enough points to hit that uh, Batek plus, what's up? Said so this guy's batting some action this weekend. I was debating on doing you know Western or Central, but I love the games. Uh, Virginia Tech at home against Pitt. Uh, I'll take them plus five. I think that line's a little skewed. I don't know why they're getting five, so I'll take them. My lock and my uh, stat I had. I think since 2011, so for 10 years, Bama is seven and zero off a loss, averaging their wins by 20 and a half points. I'm pretty sure. And then the last five years, they're 4-0 after a loss. Average wins like 26 points. They're minus 17 at Ole Miss, or at Mississippi State. I'm taking Alabama as my lock. I think they roll up like 38-3, something like that. 
Yeah, I think actually uh, good lock. Yeah. If they get away with uh, two bad games, I think uh, uh, Nick Saban might have to retire because of his blood pressure. So. Yeah, and that's the good one, too. If they, like, play a bad game or they don't look great or they somehow lose again, you know, I'm not upset that Alabama's out. You know, I don't want to see them win every year. Uh, I got two more, Boston College plus three at home against NC State and UCLA plus one and a half at Washington. Uh, I like UCLA one a little more than the BC one. But, yeah, those are my five. Uh, hopefully, you know, we can make it three straight in a row. Um, yeah. Uh, so we got one more segment left. We're going to do the give me five this week. It is top five schools we'd attend if we were a number one recruit. You know, it could be a running back, could be a QB, could be, you know, left tackle, who knows. But you were a number one recruit and you could pick five schools to go to, which five would you go to? Mitch, give me your number five. All right, I'll start this off. My number five, give me the Georgia Bulldogs. I love their jerseys. I've always had a little bit of a, and I'm sure you do too, you just have these random teams where you can't exactly find out why you like them, but for some reason you just do. And Georgia, mm-hmm. one of those teams for me. And uh, besides all that, I used to work with a couple of guys at Georgia at this golf course that I worked at, like right out of high school. And um, hey, listen, I'm just going to come out and say it. I heard that they got the hottest fucking girls ever. So go Bulldogs, <laughs> man. I'm going to Georgia. I'm going USC for number five. I think, you know, Back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, when you were the QB at USC, you were the man. And, you know, Hollywood, West Coast offense, all that fun stuff. You know, probably getting a new coach when you come in, stuff like that. So, uh, I'd say if I was a QB, you know, USC would be my go-to school. So, I'll roll with USC. Who you got for four? Number four, give me Florida. Um Gonna be real. The hot girl aspect is definitely there. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's that's all your your ranking is even like where I want to play football. Just where are the most attractive women at? And give me those five schools. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Hey, that's but but listen, if we were number one recruits, we cannot sit here on this podcast and honestly say that that wouldn't be a factor because it's a fact. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to BYU. I'll tell you that. So yeah, you ain't going to BYU. <laughs> It don't matter how much money they throw you in that McDonald's bag that doesn't have McDonald's in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, give me Florida at four. Besides the fact that it's a beautiful campus, it's a beautiful state, everyone knows that Florida's awesome, especially up here in Michigan where, you know, you just get depression for about six out of the 12 months out of the year because it's so miserable outside. <laughs> Besides that, no, they're a good football school. Everyone knows Florida, Tim Tebow. They've had, a, you know, a ton of great teams there. And, uh, hey, if I'm a number one recruit, Going to Florida doesn't sound like too much of a bad thing to me. Yeah, four for me, I'm going LSU. I think if you're like a DB or a wide out, you know, LSU is that school where you're like, yeah, I'm going to look good. I'm going to hopefully go rep that number seven. Uh, but, you know, Death Valley, stadium sweet, fight song sweet, everything there, you know, just good vibes, great food. I'll roll LSU at four. My number three, give me the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, man, Tuscaloosa as a town, probably no one would know about it if uh, the University of Alabama wasn't there, but uh, it, it is. And uh, I mean, their football program speaks for itself. They're iconic. They've, at least in my lifetime, they have been the college football program, hands down. I know, like, you know, when I was super, super young, USC was probably the college football program, but ever since I've been, you know, Old enough to become a legit fan, it's been Alabama. So I got the Crimson Tide at number three. So for this pick at number three, I'm going in another life. I'm a five-star 
number one recruit, probably running back or QB. Who do you think I'm going right here? I, I, I'm not allowed to say those words, sir. Sorry. You, you don't know who I, you, you don't know who I'm going with. You think you know though? Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, because I, I can read it on the, on the notes. But I, <laughs> listen, dude. Oh, I forgot I, I gave you the notes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I would go to Ohio State. I don't care. I would feed off that hate that they get. I would, you know, appreciate the atmosphere. I've been on their field. I've been in that stadium. The shoe is sweet. Uh, obviously, right now, you know, I screw them. I don't like Ohio State. I hope they lose every game. But I'm saying if, you know, grow up in the South, and I'm like, I want to go be the man at Ohio State, I would do that 100%. That's fair enough. I respect that. My number two, uh, give me the USC Trojans. I mean, it, it speaks for itself. They're a, a very classic college football team. They've been relevant in just about every era of college football, except this one, to be honest with you. Yeah, true. Which hurts because it leaves the Pac-12, you know, a lot. They got a lot of work to do, and Oregon's really the only team there right now. But, yeah, I mean, if I was a number one recruit, they got some sick-ass jerseys. Southern California, like, could you get any better, really, for an 18-year-old kid who's going to go and be the man on campus somewhere? Yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty sweet. Give me the Trojans at two. Two, I'm going to Auburn. I don't really have, like, a really basis around this pick. I just think Auburn would be a sweet place to play. You know, you're still in the SEC. You still play great football. You still have a chance to compete for a national title every year. And, you know, you get to beat Bama. So, well, hopefully, you know, sometimes you get to beat Bama. But I feel like, you know, if you're the number one recruit, you got to put yourself in the best position. And I think Auburn would be one of those places to go. Which means you're you're a homer for number one. Why do you gotta spoil it for the? Because <laughs> I just realized. Because I just realized I was like going through him. I was like, wait, what's number one for him? And I was like, he's not just gonna pull something out of his ass. But hey, I like I said, I would, I respect it. Yeah, number one, give me Coastal Carolina. The shit. <laughs> <laughs> give me Army. Hey, yeah, give me Army. Mm-hmm. Hey, hold on, hold on though. That would be a badass place to play football though. Like obviously you wouldn't be. You'd, you'd have to pick. You'd have to have the right position though. Like you'd have to either be like a linebacker defensive tackle, offensive lineman, or fullback, like one of those four. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, you can't, you can't be a – well, I mean, it's the wide out. A wide out is never the number one recruit. It's, it's very rare, but yeah, they throw the ball. So, uh, yeah, you'd well, have Also, to- a number one recruit probably isn't going to Army, but, or whatever I said. But I'm just saying, like, based off that, yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, they could, if they're really intrigued by it, they could. But yeah, okay. I'll, I'll well, let you do your number one. Yeah, number one, call me a homer. I don't care. I've been a Michigan fan ever since I was born, and uh, that, that would be undoubtedly the school I would go to if I was a number one overall pick. You got so much history there, so much culture, winning this college football program in history ever. And, uh, yeah, I would love to go there and help turn, them, help turn around the uh, Jim Harbaugh era and hopefully uh, bring a Big Ten championship to the school for the first time since 2004, which has way, way too long, like, Come on, cut the, cut the bullshit, okay? We need to get a Big Ten title in here pretty soon because these kids that we're recruiting now were, like, were born in 2004, and I can promise you they don't <laughs> remember Michigan winning the Big Ten that year. So, yeah. What's your number one? So, well, hold on. Let me, so you, you're making your commitment for next year. Like You're a class of 2022. You're the number one QB recruit. You have offers from everywhere you want to go. You're actually going to Michigan, uh, even with all the QB struggles they've had and all the QB failures they've had. You think you can, you would still go there and like in hopes that Harbaugh can turn it around and you can be the be the guy there. Am, 
well, then I have this question for you. Am I? <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm not like, I'm not like judging you. I'm just saying like, just think about that. Like you got to make that decision and you're like, damn, like rough decision. But well, all right. Hold holy on. shit. Am I Mitch McCartney minus six years ago? And I'm a fantastic quarterback. Yeah, just say like, just say you're a senior in high school right now. Like, yeah. I'm going to Michigan, bro. Yeah. If, okay. If, oh, if, that's I, fair, if, yeah. if I wasn't myself, if I was some dude that grew up in, I don't know, Kansas and I was the number one recruit yeah. now I wouldn't be going to Michigan but being mm-hmm. that I am myself and I grew up the way that I did you know raised around Michigan football yeah it would be extremely hard for me to uh turn down that offer no that's fair yeah uh number one for me is Bama and the only reason I say this is because if I'm a number one recruit at Bama that usually means I'm gonna play like and I'm gonna play right out the gate like, if I was, like, a four-star, three-and-a-half-star, and I somehow got the Bama, I wouldn't be going there because I would want to go somewhere that allows me to play football right away. I think as number one recruit, I want to get coached by the best. And, you know, great stadium, best conference. Also, it gives me the best chance of success outside of uh, college, going to the NFL, and probably gives me the best chance to be successful with the things I've taught, uh, what Nick Saban teaches, you know, outside of football and through life. So, I think, like, Alabama's, like, that puts you in that position. And my one bubble pick would probably be Hawaii. Like, if I wasn't, like, great, like, if I wasn't a number one recruit, I would just say, screw it, I'm going to Hawaii and go play football at Hawaii. I didn't plan out a uh, bubble pick. but I uh, didn't either. I just thought of that while we were thinking about it. I was like, damn. I was like, so you need somewhere down south. Like, so I was like, damn, you know, Hawaii would be sweet. Also, Texas, like, 15 years ago would have been awesome, too. Texas, yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah. My bubble pick, since we're just throwing stuff out of our asses with these bubble picks, uh, man, I don't know, something about watching the Iowa and Nebraska games, that, like, middle-of-nowhere college vibe. I don't know why. Like, I feel like, I feel like there's just not that much to do in Lincoln and Iowa City. So I feel like going I, – I feel like the parties at Nebraska and Iowa – are absolute ragers. Like I, I feel like mm-hmm. it, they're pretty sweet oh, yeah. to go to. Like just let like let's burn some shit in the middle of a cornfield and get absolutely wasted. Because what the hell else is there to do in Lincoln, Nebraska? Yeah, like, I feel like it's too with uh, like number one recruit. Like if you're going off like just position, like if you're the number one tight end, and you see like the tight ends like Noah Fant, T.J. Hawkinson, George Kittle that Iowa produces. You know, I'm like, all right, like I got a chance to go to the league as number one recruit, a tight end, I'm going to go to Iowa. Like, you know, you see how they produce. It kind of just depends. Like, sometimes you got to think about it like that way, too. Like, oh, I'm like, I'm a defensive tackle. I'm going to Georgia. Like, like things like that, like, you could look at, too. But, you know, it's a, it's a fun one to mess around with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. T- Iowa is a tight end factory. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. That's the show. We're going to wrap it there. Right. Thank you guys for listening. You'll be able to catch us here on Rise Network. That's uh, all socials are at rise network us you want to find us our website www.risenetworkus.com Kay, do you have any messages to lead for our lovely audience go green go green go green he's a man of few words you hear it here first that's going to wrap the episode we'll catch you guys next week on natty talk for episode number five also horns down go cowboys oh my god <laughs>